Council. We know that Gallio was in Corinth about the same time that the Apostle Paul was, possibly in the summer of 51 AD. So if we uh, think about the information there, it would probably be sometime uh, in 51 AD. So we could confidently say at least 51, maybe 50 AD. Now the church was young. It wasn't cafe latte type young people. But the church was relatively new to Christianity. And so the Apostle Paul had helped form the church at Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki, however you want to say it. But the issue here was that the church was young, new believers to the faith. And so Paul wanted Timothy to check out the situation and then bring news back to him. And what we see from this text, these, these verses here this morning, uh, is first of all, we encourage one another, verse 6. We encourage one another. Now let's look at the report. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news. Now, like I said, Timothy had gone to Thessalonica. So you can see, for those that have their smartphones, you can see Thessalonica to the north. You can see Corinth to the south. So Timothy would have had to have traveled over to Athens, up to Berea, and across over to Thessalonica. The big question is, how far was that? Well, it was 358 miles. Given the fact that you could reasonably do 20 miles a day, it would take 18 days just to make that little journey. Now, 358 miles for us today is much, much shorter. It's probably 10 hours, give or, give or take how much you stop. But anyway, Timothy comes back to Paul, and he's got some good news. Now, this is an interesting word, euangelizo, euangelizo. And that generally means to evangelize. It generally uses the word for evangelism. And here, the Apostle Paul uses the same word. And I like what D. Edmund Hebert said in his commentary. The news Timothy brought was so good that it was actually a gospel to Paul. Of course, that report was not part of the gospel message, but the announcement, uh, but, but it did announce the outworking of the gospel in the lives of the Thessalonian converts. Think about times in your life when you have received good news, and it was really good news. You think about the Apostle Paul, he's concerned about the church, uh, the, the church at Thessalonica. Timothy goes, he comes back and he says, Paul, you won't believe it. Have you, I remember oh, a couple of years ago now, two or three years ago, I received a letter from a couple that I had married years before. And they had sent me a letter right at Christmas thanking me for the work that I had done with them. And you know, as a pastor... Sometimes you wonder if you're making any advancement at all. Sometimes you wonder if you're even making any inroads. You're wondering if people are, are getting it or if you've made a difference in their lives. And, and that letter was like a pick-me-up to me. And now many of you have had similar situations. You may be down in the dumps or something, and somebody sends you a letter, and it just makes your day. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul received here. It was good news. I think D. Edmund Hybert's right. It was the gospel to the Apostle Paul because he had shared the gospel. 
Uh, secondly, let's look at the content. He goes on to write, but now that Timothy has come to us from you, that long journey, and has brought good news. What did he bring good news of? He brought good news of your faith and love and the report that you always remember us kindly and long to see us. So the contents here are threefold. First of all is the word pistis. We've examined this word many times. It means complete trust in Christ. There's no uh, object here, but it's implied that what he's talking about here is their faith in Christ. So he says, he has brought good news of your faith, complete trust in Christ. And that's really what salvation is. Salvation is not trusting in anything other than Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's pretty much it. That's what the gospel is. The, and I was thinking about this the other day. Some people won't come to Christ because what they have to do is they have to give control of their lives over to him. They have to say, okay, I'm going to give complete control. See, that's, that's what I think when I think of salvation. It is, it is, okay, God, here is my life. I know Christ died on the cross for me, and I'm going to put my trust in him, and in doing that, I am also going to give him control of my life. And, and, and the word pistis refers to that complete trust and confidence in Christ. That is, he has my life. Can't you just see the Apostle Paul in Corinth thinking, wow, that is awesome. The faith wasn't, wasn't fake, it was genuine. And Timothy knows what the gospel looks like. He knows how it acts. And Timothy sees in these people a faith that is genuine, that is real. Here's, here's, here's the thing. We live for Christ. And Timothy uh, reveals here, and the Apostle Paul will, will confirm it, um, that actually the church at Thessalonica had made a huge impact in their community. And therefore, Timothy could come back and say, Paul, you won't believe what's going on over here. It's fantastic. These people have faith in Christ. They are living for him. And that just warmed the Apostle Paul's heart to know that these people were standing firm in the faith. Secondly, is the word love, agape, that's a sincere love for something or someone, but it is also a self-sacrificing love. It is the exact love that Jesus Christ put on the cross. It's the agape love of Christ. When he died on that cross, it was a self-sacrificing love. So we can extrapolate from this that not only was their faith in Christ known to the community, but they also exhibited love. See, faith and love work hand in hand. You have to have the faith of Christ, and then you have the love of Christ. And this is exactly what was going on here. Yeah, I <clears throat> thought about this letter this, this week, and I've got a picture over here of a woman reading a letter, and her face is lit up. You know what? Maybe this week, send a letter to somebody. Maybe somebody you've been thinking about. Maybe somebody that's going through a rough struggle. Paul will reveal he's been in a rough struggle, which was his life was pretty much a struggle ever since he came to faith in Christ. You know, 
that letter that that couple sent me, that, that the woman sent me and told me that, you know, their marriage is going strong enough. I've, I've had other things, too. Uh, 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 a lady that was one to Christ in my first little church out in the country told her to go home and try to be a witness to her husband. She wound up leading him to saving faith in Christ. They wound up going into the ministry. Those kind of stories just warm your hearts. And for pastors particularly, and I may have a couple of pastors listening this morning, uh, I want to encourage you that whatever you're doing, do it for the Lord and it will pay off. It, there, it will be benefits and that you're doing a, doing a great work. But if you know somebody that's struggling, that's hurting, that's going through a tough time, send them a letter this week. Or just, just a little card, just opening up a card and, and, and reading it. And it could lift their spirits. And that's exactly what happened here with Paul. Timothy came back and he said, Paul, look at this. Their faith is solid in Christ and they are loving. They have this agape love, self-sacrificing love. And then thirdly, not only their faith, their love, but they remembered kindly. They remembered kindly. Echo agathos. Echo agathos. And that means to think warm thoughts. Have you ever had somebody like that in your life? You, you get down, and we all get down at times, right? We all struggle with stuff. But the Apostle Paul here was told, look, Paul, these people are not only grounded in the faith and they are exhibiting love, but every time they think of you, they think fond thoughts. I have people like that in my lives. Every, every in my life, every time I think of them, I I get cheered inside. And so, yeah, this week, just send somebody a card. Write them a quick letter. Um, email's not as personal, but email works too. But Take time to write somebody. And they said, and long to see us. You could just see the Apostle Paul warm, really joyful about the news from Thessalonica. Secondly, not only, well, secondly, we comfort one another. Secondly, we comfort one another. And Paul writes in verse 7, for this reason, brothers, in all of our distress and affliction, there it is. Distress, anonke, means troubled times. You know, the Apostle Paul's life was one big struggle, one big affliction. You know, March was a game changer for us. I've got a picture here of people going to the store with mask on and I've learned since all this started just to have two or three additional masks in your car in case you have to I've done that how many of you done that you started walking towards and go oh I forgot my mask one time I had to come all the way back home and I said I'm not doing that again I'll make sure I got some mask in my car I don't know about you but I'm getting tired of this this is rough stuff and not only that, I see no end in sight at this point. I don't know when we're going to be going back to normal. 
And in, in, in fact, and I realize that part of this is because uh, we've increased the testing, but the numbers are going up. I've got a map here as of Thursday uh, when, I, when I put this, this together here. There have been over 172,000 deaths in the United States from COVID, coronavirus. Over 5 million cases in the US. Some of that is probably because the, the testing has improved. I don't know about the numbers, but I do know they are significant. And I do know that it, uh, some places now you can't, you can't go very, uh, they won't even let you in now. You have to get your, your food carry out. And I know that there's a lot of people hurting and I'm not just talking physically and maybe losing somebody, but I'm talking about people that have lost their jobs, that they don't know when those jobs are coming back. So uh, we can, in a small way, we weren't persecuted, but in a small way, we can understand. I mean, the reason we're outdoors today and not inside with the air conditioner is because of this virus that's going around. And so many people are, are afraid uh, of, of coming in, and I get that, and uh, was in a chat room this last week with a couple of other pastors and they're concerned that when we have to go back indoors the, and they've already predicted that 20% of the people that came to church 20% uh, of the people will not come back to church anytime soon because of the virus so everybody is affected by this and it's wearing and it's it seems like it's taking forever and I don't know what's going on with getting a vaccine or a cure I've, I've heard that we're, we're well into it, but nobody knows for sure. And these are troubling times for us. These are troubling times for us. So in some small way, even though the Apostle Paul says distress and affliction, in some small way we can identify with that as the church. The word affliction. Actually, the troubling times is the word for distress ananke and then the word for affliction is philipses philipses and that means suffering and persecution <laughs> this is something else that i thought about this week by by the way this is what paul says to the church at thessalonica in uh, first thessalonians uh, 1 6 he said and you became imitators of us and of the lord for in spite of persecution, you receive the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, I thought about that this week. And do you know the word always comes at difficult times? You want you to think about it. When you came to Saving Faith, something was going on in your life that caused you to question either life or, or you, were in a, you were in a desperate situation. Paul says, when I, when I shared with you the gospel... You received it even though it was in difficult times and not cool to be a Christian. You received that word. And uh, I want to commend you for that. You became followers of us and the Lord. That's, that's huge because the gospel, and think about it, whenever there is persecution on the church, the church grows by leaps and bounds. I think about China. China's starting to explode now. Did you know South Korea is one of the largest places in the world for the gospel? And now it's starting 
to infiltrate China. China's going to have a crisis here very shortly. Churches are still being persecuted over there. But I tell you what, I do believe change is coming in China because there's more and more Christians now. Uh, here's the thing. The more you suppress the gospel and the more you try to take the gospel away, the bigger the gospel will get. And the Apostle Paul says, look, you received that word in much affliction and tribulation, hardship, trials. And I thought about, you know, when I trusted in Christ that day, there was stuff going on in my life. There was trouble. And the good news was presented to me, and I trusted in Christ as my Lord and Savior. We comfort one another. And then he mentions here, not only hardship, but encouragement. Look in verse 7b. We have been comforted about you through your faith. Parakaleo. Parakaleo is the word comfort. And it means to be encouraged. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Your faith can be an encouragement to others. Your faith can be an encouragement to others. You think of somebody that has received bad news about something and somebody else that has already received the bad news is holding up in their faith in Christ. And that person says, well, you know what? That person's faith has encouraged me to continue to do it, go forward, fight. Your faith is on display. My faith is on display. And, and sometimes our faith can be a big motivator to somebody else who may be going through difficult times or hardships. You never know. This, this, is, this is reality. You never know what your faith has done for somebody else. Just by living for Christ, by following him, your faith may actually be increasing the faith of somebody else. And that, that may be something to put in the letter this week too about, you know, I'm struggling here, but I just want to encourage you to live for him. So yeah, it was definitely an encouragement. My friend Newt Larson wrote this in his commentary, the Holman New Testament commentary. Paul was having a difficult time of it too. He's writing this back, of course. Paul was having a difficult time too because he admitted it, distress, affliction. He was always under intense persecution by those who opposed Christ. That's absolutely true. Paul got himself in trouble time and time again. His life was not easy. And he never pretended it was. Because every time Paul writes, it's some type of struggle, some type of fight, some type of something going on in his life. Even so, the Thessalonians had brought the missionary strength and encouragement because of the way they were living, specifically their faith. You know somebody that's going through a hard time, this is the best time to do it. You can connect with them and say, look, um, 
I know that you're going through this, and let, let me tell you something that I went through in my life, and, and I want to encourage you. That's what we do. That's what we do as a body of Christ. We encourage one another as we struggle and as we stumble and as we go through hardships and as we go through trials and as life throws everything against us. It, it's, it's our faith. We have to have strong faith to get through this. Difficult times require staunch faith. Difficult times require staunch faith. Also, the gospel is sown in tribulation. Newt Larson is absolutely right. Paul's life was not easy. And you know, this is, this is another thing to say here too. Um, there are some people who just believe that they can go through life without telling somebody else of their struggles. I'm just going to push through. I'm not going to let anybody know about this because I'm a man. I'm, I'm just going to push through. And even though I'm hurting, even though I'm having struggles, I'm just going to push through. Well, that's, that's admirable. But you need, we have a body of Christ here. We have a body that can, that can pray with one another and, and, and we can offer encouragement. So don't sugarcoat your life. It should be what it is. It is a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. No matter what it is, physical, spiritual, emotional, it's going to be a struggle until we see Jesus face to face. That's why we need the church. And the Apostle Paul says, your faith has really helped me. It has helped me in my walk with Christ. Now, lastly, which is a word I know all of you love to hear, the word lastly, although Dave Walker, Deacon Dave, pointed out last week, I said lastly three times. <laughs> uh, lastly, we persevere together. We persevere together. Notice in verse 8. For now we live. What? Well, this is predicated for as an exploratory and explanatory issue. So the issue was he had just told them he got the letter from Timothy. It was good news that their faith and love was sound and that the Apostle Paul took heart from that and was encouraged because his work had not failed. God was at work even though he couldn't see it. And by the way, let me encourage you this morning and those watching by Facebook. God has a plan for your life. He's got this. Our job is to trust him. I don't care if it looks really bad right now. God has it. Better days are ahead. He has a plan for you. Don't, don't give up on that. And Apostle Paul here says, For now, based on that news, for now we live. Zeo, that means to be alive. Once again, my uh, Edmund Hebert writes, um, They, Paul, felt they had been given new leaps on life, could go on again living with a sense of fullness and power and satisfaction. They had the letter, the news from Timothy was so good, Paul says, for now we live. We live because you're, the news is so good, it's just energized us. And the Apostle Paul is opening up his heart here saying, look, you know, we, we think of the Apostle Paul as, and he is one of the greatest apostles. We think about him being able to just stand the storm and press through, and he, and he did. He, he did, and thank God that he did. But here, I want you to see that the Apostle Paul is opening up his heart a little bit. 
For now, it's, it's emphatic. For now, we live. The Apostle Paul, so excited about what was going on at Thessalonica. I don't know. I, I get carried away with survival shows. You know I like Survivor Man. But there's another guy. His name is Bear Grylls. There's some debates whether he's saved or not. I know he's from the uh, Anglican Church. Um, mixed messages. But anyway, he's an outdoor survival guy. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Man vs. Wild. He, he's an ex or retired Special Forces guy. He parachutes in to where he goes, gets on the ground, and there's a cameraman there following him. He was in... Uh, the one I watched this week, he was in Kimberley, Australia, where the temperatures during the day reach 135 degrees. He got up in the morning, he said, it's already, he looked at his watch, he said, it's already at 9 o'clock, it's 91 degrees. And there was a spot in there where it got really dicey for him. I won't fill you in on all the details. But he said, I've got to get water. He talked about needing, at least in this temperature, you need water at least a liter an hour. He said, if I don't find water soon, I could be in trouble. And being a survival expert, he knows how the landscape works. And he, he found this spot. He yelled, Woohoo! And he looked down and there was this big stream and he took off running down throwing himself in it, guzzling the water because there was this stream flowing and when it's flowing and it's flowing over rocks, nine times out of ten it's safe to drink and he's just excited. He goes, this was like manna from heaven. When the Apostle Paul received the news from Timothy, it was like manna from heaven. It energized his faith. And for now we live because of your faith, because of what you have done. Brothers and sisters, there are people that need to see Christ in us. There are people that need to know that we're strong, that we can weather the storm. And there's people that need to know that they have an advocate with them that will come alongside and encourage them and get them moving again in the faith and this is exactly what this young Christian church did to a very seasoned minister of the gospel sometimes I get my greatest joy from new believers sometimes I even look and I go wow what happened to me because they're so energized and enthusiastic about their faith. And I go, wow. And I got to tell you, life, life can hit you and it can knock you down. But sometimes you need to see somebody else succeeding. I, I maybe go back and watch that. Bear Grylls just sees that stream and he is excited. Because at that point it was probably 130 degrees. And he just... <laughs> He just went right down, and he went straight in like that. And he was saying that in Australia, these storms would sweep through, and you could possibly have three feet of water, and by the next morning, it's completely dry again. 
we need seasons of refreshing in our life too, even though we know the next day may be dry. And we need to be encouragers of one another. We need to lift each other up. We don't need to tear each other down. We don't, need to, we don't need to do those things. We need to build each other up and help each other. Listen, we are fellow strugglers. We are fellow strugglers. This is the second lastly. <laughs> I've only used it twice. For now we live. If you are standing fast in the Lord. That word if is in the sense, not conditional, not like if you keep doing this, we're going to keep living. No. The Apostle Paul uses, you. I don't like this translation, it should be sent. So if we read it this way, for now we live since you are standing fast in the Lord. Standing fast, stako. Again, we've seen that word before, and that means to continue in a state. Kudios is the word for Lord, which is supreme ruler. The Apostle Paul says we're going to keep living, and we're going to help each other get through this. And we're going to stako. We are going to stand firm in the faith. Let me encourage you this morning. Whatever you're going through, this is for those that are watching by Facebook. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please send me a text. Just shoot something and I am on the Facebook page. Text me. I'll be able to help you come to saving faith in Christ. I want to tell you something. Only Jesus can calm the storms in your heart. And maybe you're going through something today that would be the gospel in troubled times. For Christians, for those by Facebook and those here today, if you're going through a tough time, God will sustain you. Let, let, me, just, let me just encourage you. For those of you that are in tough times and you see a brother or sister struggling, reach out to them. Reach out to them. Just like Paul, you wouldn't expect the Apostle Paul to open his heart like this. Wow. You really were like a fresh spring of life-giving water in my heart, and now we live. If you know somebody that's going through a difficult time, reach out to them. Encourage their faith. Help them to fight the good fight and finish the course and to keep